it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside of me today, as always, the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, it is Scott. Hey, buddy. How are you doing? doing? I am great. Scott, we have less than a week from SummerSlam. This Saturday, SummerSlam. I we have know. to go home show with two, you know, two, uh, two new colleagues of ours, uh, Matt and Zach, the hosts of Back Back to the Ring. Back to the Ring. Yeah, so they will be joining us on our go-home show and hopefully our post-show as well. Guys, don't forget, before SummerSlam and as well as this week, listen to your Raw Review and SmackDown Study. Raw Review, drop it on Tuesdays. SmackDown Study, drop it on Saturdays. Uh, Due to SummerSlam weekend, um, I believe we had already discussed since we will be dropping a post-show that Monday. You can expect above the ring on Sunday. So wake up Sunday morning, have your cup of coffee, and listen to your two favorite wrestling podcasters on the interwebs. <sighs> that being said, we had a great week of wrestling. Not a lot yes, of news to cover, but definitely noteworthy points. Literally, I think Scott and I were just talking. There's definitely some rumblings going on in the world, specifically with a particular company. We'll get to that shortly. Yeah. First and foremost... Um, has to do with Candice LeRae's, uh, I don't know, you know, or where she's going to be, what's going on. Doesn't know she'll be wrestling for a bit because, ladies and gentlemen, the way is growing. Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano announcing they are expecting their first child. Super exciting. Um, you know, despite him being not just the best heel, he's one of the best wrestlers out there. And Absolutely. just both their chemistry with, um, Indy Hartwell and Austin Theory is incredible. Uh, we are, it's great to see, you know, you know, these wrestlers having, you know, having their families and, you know, just live, you know, doing wonderful things at a glorious time in the business. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, I I think it was, um, Candace on her Instagram that she said that she's not going anywhere until she absolutely has to. So this is definitely not the end of seeing Candace on TV for, for the foreseeable future, because clearly as she stated, Indy needs her. <laughs> yes, she is. She needs to go to therapy. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, and, and also, if you think about it, and now obviously this is after the fact, but the skit last week with 
Indy and Candace in the bathroom and Candace asking if Indy had protection. Um, now that line takes on a whole new meaning and I can't, I can't help but laugh at it. Um, in, in, the, in a good way, not in a bad way, but it's, it's just, I love those subtle hints that nobody understood until after the fact that it's just like, Oh shit, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Looking forward to it. Um, uh, other news. So as we know, I think last week, I don't know if we talked about this. Yeah, we did. Ric Flair, uh, you know, released from WWE or I don't know the details on it, but it already sounds like he's already locked in to sign with AEW. From what I'm hearing, Andrade wants his entire family over there. So obviously you get Rick, then there's, you know, the whole other side of his life, which is Charlotte. So, do you can, can you honestly see Charlotte jumping ship anytime soon? No, no, that she has been treated ironically because her father. You'd expect something with the McMahons that, like, I don't know, maybe because Ric Flair wasn't like. I mean, they treated him oh pretty well, but like Hulk Hogan still gets like the god treatment when he ever shows up. Right, what he wasn't erased from the earth for a little while there, yeah. so. <laughs> you know, Hulk gets God treated. And, you know, they, they, they deserve it, but, like, Ric Flair, just because he, you know, he his whole tenure in WWE, well, no, his whole tenure was not in WWE, I almost feel like he still gets knocked down a bit, a little bit. He's not yeah. held into the regard that he should be. Yeah, the, uh, the upper echelon always treats the, the non- WWE grown talent a little differently. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe the only exception to that, I think it's AJ Styles. I think he's honestly the only one who's really not gotten any type of shitty booking. Like he's been having great booking his entire time since he's been there. I would, uh, him, Kevin Owens has gotten pretty solid booking, and Seth Rollins has had pretty solid booking. But no, no not Seth Rollins. Is- I know he had I know he had his big run in the indies, but he wasn't really in anything big. And I would say KO is kind of the same in the same boat. Um yeah. KO's had less favorable booking, I would say, than maybe Seth, because Seth's been kind of a golden boy for a little a little while. <laughs> I mean I mean in regards of like treating them like their homegrown talent. Even though they oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I mean, no, yeah, I, yeah, I'd agree with you on that then, yeah. But AJ Styles, I can uh, arguably so. Take this for what you will. His coming to WWE was almost treated like when Ric Flair came over in '92. Yeah, that's true. He was treated like, oh, this isn't a note. This is we signed the best in the world. Nope, CM Punk. He's not showing up on the show. I'm just saying this right now. <laughs> no, honestly, we've signed the best in the world. Right. Kind of yeah. attitude, but you. I would almost expect it to kind of go over to Charlotte, but they've she is WWE born and bred at yeah. this point. She yeah. is, and she's not my favorite on the roster, but I would even argue, like, when I think of the women's roster, she's the first one that comes up to mind. Yeah, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of difficult to to not have Charlotte be, if not first, but, you know, within the first four, because you really think of women's wrestling in WWE, you think of the four horsewomen. Mm-hmm. You, there's really no way around it, especially now with um, what Sasha's been doing, 
and now that she's returned, um, Becky still being out um, for obvious obvious good reasons, uh, and then unfortunately Bailey with her with her injury. Yeah. Um, but all four of them at one time or another ran this division. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of tough to not think of the modern day women's division without thinking of the four of them. Oh, hands down, hands down, agreed. Um, but that being said. I'm curious to see what kind of, I mean, I will give AEW this, that they have been handling this older talent really well. A lot of them are not wrestling. They do on occasion, but they definitely, it's almost like they're mentoring some of this other talent. I mean, Sting's probably the most active, let's be honest. Yeah, that's true. He's, I think he even has a match next week, so. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's good with what he's done. You know, Arn and um, Tully, I think they're doing great with what they're doing, you know. Yep. Um, I mean, Dustin. Dustin's probably the only one I can. Th- yeah, Dustin probably wrestles more than Sting, but we don't see him as on Dynamite as much. No, I think he's mostly on. I think Dark and, and Elevation at this point. If he if he is wrestling yeah. much, probably work with a school as his students. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but and you probably see. That I think maybe the only other person that has at least started being a little physical is Paul White. Yeah, yeah. But that's the first time we've seen him do anything in the ring since he's been there, and he's been there for months now. Yeah, we will, we will, we will get into that because that was chills down my spine. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, so we will see what happens if and when Flair shows. Obviously, on top of SummerSlam next week, we do have the first dance for Rampage, and. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that because the promo that we saw Friday bit hard, bit really hard. Um, yep. One topic we do want to talk about that's kind of going back to what I said, which shaking the you know just the company just sounds all in disarray is the report that there's a toxic power struggle within WWE, and which had to lead to all these releases, which has WWE rebranding NXT. I don't know if we've talked about that, but like they talk about rebranding it. We're going to go back to the basics, what we originally were, all the new talent. And sounds like our boy Triple H does not get a say in this at all. Yeah. Um, from some of the stuff that I've read, um, I've, re- I've seen this in a couple of places, uh, that these this last round of NXT releases, Triple H had no idea were happening. Um, this was all Vince and, and, and everybody up there. Uh, they just made the decision to start cutting people. And uh, obviously the talent didn't know. And especially someone like Bronson Reed um, with how popular he was with the fans or actually still is with the fans. And it just, it makes you wonder because Triple H was untouchable for ever. <laughs> Uh, so it makes you wonder if this so-called quote-unquote failure of not being able to beat AEW during the whatever ratings war you want to call, uh, call it during, uh, when they were both on Wednesdays, I guess the detractors have taken this using it as ammunition to be like, oh, Triple H can't lead, uh, clearly can't lead the company into the future. Us, the old guard, need to hold on as long as, as possible, and we need to undermine our COO and cut all these NXT talent because... God forbid we actually start a transition of power that needed to happen about a decade ago, but I digress. Yeah, no, that's, that's, 
it's frustrating because I think we've one of the reasons we talk about NXT, not just because we cover it, but it's because it's the only thing from WWE that I watch. Because the product is so good. Yeah, the ratings may not be what Raw and SmackDown are. And I think that's just because a lot of the older demographic watched it. Oh, I've been watching Raw since 1993. You know, I've been watching SmackDown since 90. This is why I tell people, you know, if you believe in a product, you know, support that product. Watch it. Be oh, Just be a part. You know, I do that with music. I do that with video games. Be vocal. Because... We might be seeing the death of NXT. I hope not. I truly hope not. I it'll be heartbreaking if they decide to dismantle this amazing product that they have. Yeah, and I mean, I I, I understand if you want a de- uh, developmental league, but that's what Evolve should be for. You bought them, make that the developmental. It was supposed to be that anyways, and all of a sudden, all that got scrapped. But it's like. If you look, I know we really don't talk about the ratings all that much, but if you look at NXT's ratings, they went right back to their 750K mark. And everybody was like, oh, this brand is dead because they're at barely over 500K. You have to remember, they were on Sci-Fi for two weeks. Not everybody has access to Sci-Fi, nor do they watch it. You know, the Olympics were also on as well, so mm-hmm. a lot of people watch that. I watched it myself. But when wrestling came on, that was my first thing. That was my top priority. That's what I had to do. But otherwise, people might have just been like, I'll give it two weeks. It's fun. I'll go back to it once it's back on the USA. And clearly, that's what happened this week. Yeah, the the wrestling of today is going to appeal to the younger viewer. Um, Like NXT, AEW, even what Impact's doing. There's going to be stuff that will definitely bring in the older viewers as well, or people haven't watched in a while. Um, but there's still a big market out there that wants what they're putting on Raw. Like, what did Raw do this week? <laughs> like, like, honestly, I'm dead serious. Like, oh, I know. They're still I mean, up there, but, like, everyone says the part product is shit. But people are watching it. Yeah. I mean, Raw is still winning Mondays. Always the top three, unless it's, like, something huge, like, news-related or the Olympics. I think the Olympics probably, probably beat them on Mondays. But Two million. Raw, Raw's still pulling in numbers. I mean, I I believe it's... I didn't see what it was this week, but it was probably below two because that's that's normally how it works. Um, SmackDown's normally been pulling in anywhere from 2.2 to 2.5. NXT is always around 7.50, and AEW bounces around. I believe they were a little under a mil this week, so everybody was like, oh, my God, they're dead. Obviously, just in, you know, being stupid because that's what the Internet does sometimes. But it's just people need to take the ratings with a grain of salt. It's honestly all about how you feel about the show. Like, what was it? I think last week, like I thought um I thought this past raw was actually leaps and bounds better than what it has been. But the majority of people thought it was shit. Is that because you're already conditioned to believe that it's crap? Or you actually fiz- or I actually felt like it was garbage. Like, there's been some weeks where I'm just like, this show is terrible. <laughs> like, why? And then other weeks, it's like, oh, it's not bad. It's just, it, you have to look at it with an open mind. You can't just go into it and go, oh, this this is garbage. We're going to shit on it for three hours on Twitter because that's what's cool and hip. It, just enjoy what you enjoy. If you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But make sure that you give the support to the product that you like. Yes, Absolutely. We're not even 
we're not even talking about we're just talking about this toxic power struggle overall and it's just it's fascinating to see what this whole this company's doing with a yeah. brain that first and foremost we have social media it's wide out in the open that people love nxt yep and people like smackdown and people are we'll say on the fence with raw we'll see <laughs> that we'll be generous on that one um <laughs> that they go nope it's failing nope we're going to rebrand the whole show. We're going to do this. And like even the USA network executives, even they are not happy with this rebranding. Right. Yeah. It's just, which says a lot. It does. I mean, honestly, like a lot of people are not going to want to spend the time to watch developmental wrestlers on TV. They're not. Because they're still green, they're still learning the WWE way of wrestling. They're gonna make mistakes. The matches might look sloppy, and it's just gonna bring the whole product down. I understand if you're gonna put NXT back on the WWE Network or Peacock and let it be what it used to be back in the day. That's fine. If you want to do that, that's one thing. But otherwise, you're costing yourself two hours of prime time television. Why would you want to do that? I, I, it doesn't really make any sense. Unless they're just trying to undermine Triple H completely. Potentially. Potentially. And it's it's a little, it's very frustrating because, you know, um, let's look at it this way. The, the network execs are upset. And they're the ones you got to appease for ratings. Right. And they're, they're pissed off that they're going to do a rebrand when you're only pulling a half a million people. I get it. People don't watch TV like they used to. That's true, too. Half a lot of people are still disconnecting, so... I, I would say half... Honestly, I would even say half a million is still good if you're pulling half a million people watching. And that's what the... Keep in mind. The Nielsen ratings only accounts for people who are signed up with that program. Right. You're not talking about... I'm not. You're not. I know all my friends are not... Who the fuck does that? I mean... I don't even know how you'd go about that. I'd be curious... For marketing research and for our own marketing research right <laughs> but you know it only counts for that so i'd say half a million is still good but the fact that the executives are sitting there and be like dude what the fuck are you doing yeah sure half a million is low whatever but why are you going to change the whole product right like we like the show you know viewers like the show it, uh, i don't get it i don't understand it i just and if it's it's a power grab I can't only really imagine what Triple H is going through. He's pretty much married into the family. Yep. Neither of his kids, uh, I'd say, I can't say neither of his kids, but Shane McMahon's not getting that company. No. We've had this talk for a long time. Triple H and Stephanie get that company. Yeah. And you know who will have, it'll probably more Triple H say than anything. More probably. Than and I can, I have a feeling that if, if that ever really truly happens, there's going to be, such a mass firing of upper level executives. It's not even going to be funny. Triple H is going to clear house and it's going to be absolutely outstanding. Triple H is the guy who I could argue when he, and again, you got to keep in mind, I'm still convinced that NBC is going to be buying them at this point. Um, and Triple H for all we know, could be the figurehead. He could be the head of, you know, wrestling for NBC or whatnot. That being the case, that that aside though, um, I think Triple H is smart enough to go. Okay, I need people who are very business savvy, yep. but I also need people who have been in the ring. Yeah, 
he needs because that's that's the thing that's why I give him a lot of credit. That's why I like Don Callis. That's why I like Scott Demore. That's why you know you look at everyone's oh you know the EVPs of you know AEW ha ha ha. It's like but they've been in the ring and the Bucks were making seven figures before AEW started. Right. Not even working with WWE. So I think it says a lot. So yeah. I think Triple H is smart enough to go, okay, I'm going to need people who have in-ring experience but also understand the business world. Right. It's nice to have a good mixture of both um, because sometimes, you know, wrestlers may not fully understand the business side of things. And that's fine. That's why you have others. And then you have, like, these unique genius people like Xavier Woods who probably can do everything. I'm surprised he leaves that company. He's I I have a feeling he would like between up up down down, between G four, between now his you know he's friends with Kenny and I'm not gonna insinuate oh he'd go to AEW but like you know the world he he could because of WWE's policies and what they can and cannot do, Xavier Woods would become a personality. He he could be I wouldn't say actor but he could be a huge personality throughout the world. Yeah, I mean, he's already on his way. I mean, honestly, like uh, all this stuff he does um, on G four is 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 fantastic. Um, he's going to be completely fine after wrestling. Like, if things don't work out in the ring, and he's fine, <laughs> he's going to be making bank um, once he's able to just fully be Austin Creed again. So I'm not I'm not worried about him in the slightest. No, but yeah, we're using him as a perfect example of somebody. Right. You know, he'll be fine. He'll be even, I think he'll even be bigger when his time with this company comes up. Whenever that, if it ever does. That's my opinion. And it's not because of the company. It's just because I think he has just loads of potential elsewhere to be done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and on top of all of this, I do want to mention, we've, obviously, with other people leaving and, you know, you got reworkings happening like Bray Wyatt. And Buddy Murphy's video that dropped, and Bronson Reed already taken indie bookings. Um, supposedly, and I think we talked about this last time. Adam Cole was offered a million dollar contract. Yep. From WWE, but he hasn't signed anything. So. Not that we know of, no. And honestly, that's a little scary because undoubtedly he is probably. Face at least in NXT, the best talent that they've ever signed. And that's not a knock to anybody else. It's just Adam Cole literally has it all. <laughs> we said when he signed, I go, this guy will headline WrestleMania. Yes. And the fact that he hasn't, <clears throat> it, as of right now, hasn't signed his contract yet makes me a little nervous. I mean, yes, honestly, he if he doesn't re-sign, we all know where he's going. We don't even have to say it. If you know anything about him and Britt Baker, you know exactly where he's going. But if he does sign, he needs to go to SmackDown because God forbid if he goes to Raw, I swear to God. <laughs> Scott will start sending in the angry letters. <laughs> I will get my friend Mark and we will talk about this on the internet. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Triple H. We'll start a Reddit subform. <laughs> That's right. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but honestly, like if he if his time in NXT is done after um, TakeOver, then he needs to show up the following Friday on SmackDown. Immediately put him into a feud, and let's just watch the magic happen. 
Or maybe they save him for, like, I don't know, a couple months, give him time, shows up at Survivor Series. As, like, a mystery fifth partner? Yeah, or he just happens to, you know, maybe title match, somebody wins, and then... Oh, then he just shows up at the end of the show? Yeah. Ooh. Talk about the speculation. Damn it, Sam. That's a brilliant idea. Because... Even after he leaves, he would... Oh, no, but still. He's an NXT superstar. You'd only have a 30-day no-clause. No-compete yes. clause. If we look at the 20... Okay, that's on the 20... It's and on the 22nd, yeah. Which means he'd be eligible on the 30... No, on the 21st of September. Mm-hmm. And Survivor Series is not until November, so it'll have a whole nother month. Yeah, so if he doesn't sign a contract, then it probably... Ugh. A good question, Scott. I know. Because the only other logical thing that would happen... So wait a minute. Let's go back. Hold a second. No, you, I'm doing math. And I know people are like, Sam's doing math. This is not... Don't worry, don't <laughs> so You said this contract's up on the 21st, Correct. Uh, 22nd. I believe it's after NXT TakeOver. So that would put him the 21st of September would free him up. Correct. And I think the next pay-per-view for AEW is what, Full Gear? Yeah, but, 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 Scott, I just did the math, and I was looking at the calendar, and we might even... Fantasy booking time, Scott. <laughs> Our favorite time of the episode. So he gets, say he doesn't sign. And he decides to go elsewhere. No news of it. September 21st comes and goes. September 22nd. I swear to go. God, if you say, oh, okay. How's this? Arthur, they're at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens, New York. Oh, my God. Now, during this night, you have the debut of the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Now, for whatever reason, he's there. He's getting the yes chance, yes chance. Cool, everyone kind of knew, but we're excited to finally see this. And the lights go out. And then a hooded figure starts walking up, and then... Imagine kicking off a feud with Brian Danielson taking on Adam Cole. Imagine if, like, Danielson went out there and issued an open challenge, and then Cole answers it. I'm pretty sure we would feel the earthquake from both Rhode Island and Vermont. Yeah, no, we would do, uh, man, I'm just sorry. I, I like, looked when you said when he was released. I'm like, yeah, that's not a, wait a minute, that's the night <laughs> stadium show. Is that a televised show, or is that just it's a highlight? Oh, Sam. <laughs> yeah. Yep, just let, let it, let it, just just soak it in, Scott. Mm, let that simmer for a little bit. Let it soak in. But that aside, let's get right into it. We now have four shows again to talk about, since we don't watch NWA. But <laughs> <laughs> let's kick it right in uh, with Scott Phillipson on uh, this week's NXT. Oh, yes. Uh NXT. Politics aside, 
with everything going on backstage. The show continues to deliver. Now, we were supposed to have a matchup I was actually really looking forward to with Ember Moon taking on Saray. The whole, like, sun versus the moon. Um, they really plugged this match, so I was looking forward to it. But unfortunately, Ember not able, not medically cleared to compete. So stepping in is your new number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship, Dakota Kai. And this match was good. As I expected it to be, Dakota getting the getting the win, which I believe is the first time Saray has actually lost in NXT. So that was a bit of a shocker. But I kind of felt like if Dakota wasn't going to win, it needed to be some type of shenanigans with Raquel coming in, causing a DQ or whatnot. Because um, part of me kind of expected them to continue to protect Saray, but that wasn't the case. Dakota gets the win, then tries to attack Saray after the match, which causes then Raquel to come out and chase her away. I'm really looking forward to this women's match. Um, I feel like Dakota has been in the shadows for long enough. And I don't mean that as a short joke because Raquel's so tall. It just, <laughs> she's, she's been that constant wrestler that's always been right there, ready to go, ready to take a title and just run with it. And I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that she's going to take it. And I'm going to save my picks for when we do our go home show, because I have a feeling that that show is going to be ridiculous in its own right. <laughs> but this match, I believe, is going to be really, really fun to watch. After that, we got ourselves a little L.A. night action. Your Million Dollar Champion coming out, taking on and defeating Andre Chase, who was just recently in the NXT Breakout Tournament. But... A very interesting wrinkle happening at the end of this match. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase himself, comes to the ring. Telling Cameron Grimes that, yes, I understand you're a man if you word, but this, this needs to end. You need to find a way out of this. You should be Million Dollar Champion. So, in his steady challenges, LA Knight, for the Million Dollar Championship at TakeOver. LA Knight, agrees but if LA Knight wins Cameron Grimes yes he's no longer the butler but Ted DiBiase then becomes the butler now for those of you who have followed Ted DiBiase's career you have to understand how degrading this would be for a man who's done nothing but degrade people his entire career <laughs> Uh -huh. And the poetic justice behind this, at least on that front, would be very entertaining to watch. But I feel like if they screw Cameron Grimes yet again out of this title, I feel like Cameron will lose a lot of his momentum. People will get bored with it and just kind of move on. But like I said, at the same time, I'd, I'd love to see... DiBiase in like a Virgil-esque role. I think that would be absolutely hilarious to watch. So we'll see. After that, 
we had who I believe after this week has now become my favorite NXT female superstar, Gigi Dolan. I don't know what it is about this woman. She's got the look. Her finishing move was very unique. I don't think I've ever seen it before. Taking on and defeating Amari Miller. I know that she's got, I believe it's JC Jane, I believe is her 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 um her partner at this time. They've also been seen with Mandy Rose, who offered her congratulations after this match as well. So if we're gonna get ourselves a nice little three woman pack, I'm completely okay with it. Mandy could be the teacher, show these two kids how to do it. Um but I'm very impressed with Gigi and I very much am looking forward to see where, what happens with that. After that, we talked about Mr. Cole, baby. <laughs> William Regal comes out and sets the stage for our third and final match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, calling it the undisputed finale. I'm very sad about that. Number one, for multiple reasons that they're not going to be fighting one another again. And finale, this could be the last time we see Adam Cole on NXT television. Well, next week. But this will be the last match, possibly, for Adam Cole on NXT. And that that did not sit well with me. But we'll see. So, this basically turned into a three stages of hell match. That's what it's going to be. Each member got to choose their own stipulation, and then Regal chose the third if it get if it got that far. So the matches are as follows: Kyle O'Reilly picks just a straight up wrestling match because he feels that Cole can't beat him straight up one on one. Cole obviously laughing at this, saying that's fine. We'll have a street fight for number two. Regal hasn't made a decision on the third fall yet. Boys obviously getting tired of one another. They start brawling. Here comes all the security. Regal freaks out and says, fine, if we're going to be like this, the third fall will be a steel cage match. So I'm like, I'm getting severe Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole vibes out of this. I feel like there was a lot of opportunity for different styles of matches, but they just chose the same ones. Besides the steel cage match when Gargano and Cole fought was a barbed wired steel cage match. So I feel like it was a little bit of a letdown, at least to me. Yeah, but obviously, you know, they're not going to do a a death match. (laughs) If that were to ever happen in WWE, I feel like NXT would be the place that it would be allowed to happen. But I doubt it would, especially after with what happened with AEW and Domino's. But no matter how you slice it, (laughs) (laughs) he's a clever man, this one. (laughs) Got jokes. You don't know how long I've been sitting on that one. (laughs) Um, We had our first semifinal in the NXT breakout tournament with Odyssey Jones taking on and defeating a very game Trey Baxter to earn his spot in the finals. Um, Interesting to note that while this match was going on, 
a certain colossal former NXT North American champion tweeted a nice little video that said, ah, this show is no good, and then shoots a gun at the television while this match is going on. Are we pushing Odyssey Jones as the next big guy when you already had somebody colossal? So I feel nice. like I feel I feel like there's a little undertone here. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But it is what it is. So now we see who will take on Odyssey Jones next week. And I'm I wanna know because I'm trying to remember it's I think it's Duke Hudson versus Carmelo Hayes. I see Carmelo Hayes winning that one. I see that as well. But then I don't know who wins the final. I think you could be looking at two future superstars. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I've seen Carmelo Hayes wrestle in the Indies. And I know how good. I know how good he is. He's the whole package. Yeah. He literally is. Odyssey Jones. Big beefy boy. And. He's impressed so far, so we'll see how we'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, that should be fun. Then they get that title match afterwards, so we'll see who goes after what. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, we had Boa, who we don't really see in the ring all that often, defeat Jay, uh, Drake Maverick. Um. Interesting of note that that uh, Zia Lee has been MIA for for a little while, ever since her injury, I will call it, uh, to Dakota Kai, uh, not Dakota, to uh, Raquel Gonzalez. So I don't know if they're selling that or or what. I mean, she's been posting on social media, not as like an evil figure. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on, to be honest with you. But then, sir. <clears throat> Our main event of the evening. Two of the baddest men in professional wrestling. Pete Dunn, Ilya Dragunov. Holy shit. Sam, tell me about this match. How did you feel about it? I haven't watched it yet. So, oh, son of a... You're killing me! <laughs> I, I, I was supposed to watch it this week, and I was like, so much shit was going on, so I'm just like, okay, I gotta watch this, gotta watch it for the pay-per-view. Before, I mean, uh, what's it called? But I didn't realize he was overseas. So now you have my attention, Scott. Yep, yep. Um, He came out earlier in the show, had this great promo about how he's going to make history and defeat Walter, take him down, everything else. P. Dunn comes out. They have themselves a little verbal spat. And Dragunov just kind of hits him with the, I'm going to do something that you could never do, Pete. And that you hadn't done. And that's beat Walter. And clearly, obviously, Pete not very happy with that. Because if you remember Pete's match with Walter all these years ago, that was a classic and a half. Wasn't he the one who lost the title to Walter? Correct. But the fact that the way this ma- that match went on, Pete, you felt like Pete could have retained against somebody like Walter. But ever since Walters won, he's literally been a wall, and you could never take him down. Ilya had a chance, 
when they had their first match, and I have yet to see that, so that's 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 on me. And I will make sure I watch that before NXT Takeover, because I need to see what I'm in for, because I know it's going to be twice as bad. And the fact that that one was on NXT UK television, this one's at Takeover. You know they're going to come to play. Oh, they are Scott. So. With this match, and I feel bad that I'm about to spoil it for you, but that's I see I see the result anyway, so okay. Um Pete getting the win, but not cleanly. Walter getting involved, then attacking Eli after the match. However, Dragonoff able to get the last laugh, sending Walter out of the ring and then holding the UK title as the show goes off the air. And you know how I am, Sam. That was the one thing that I disliked about that last segment. Because you call me a curmudgeon when it comes to it. But if you're a challenger who has not ever won a title, you should not be touching the championship before you win it. I don't know if I'm superstitious, but I always feel like it's bad luck. I don't know. It's just how I was growing up when I used to watch wrestling in the early 90s before the Attitude Era. That's how it was. Champions, the challengers did not touch the title. They'd look at it. They'd point at it. They'd they'd make all the, you know, insinuations that they were going to do it, but they didn't. They treated it with the utmost respect that it wasn't theirs yet, so they shouldn't touch it. And I feel like that's obviously gone nowadays. I'd like to see more people bring that back. Or anybody at this point. But, like I said, good episode of NXT, um, regardless of all the garbage that's going on in the back end. The show still pulls off great entertainment. I'm looking forward to next week, the go-home show before the NXT TakeOver. Yeah, and again, we don't know when these changes are going to happen with NXT, so we're just going to hope and pray that they last, but assume that next week's is the last prior to whatever's about to happen. Right, which I hope not, but you that makes that does make perfect sense. Okay, well, we're gonna switch over to Wednesday. I love how I just haven't let me let me tell you, I've been proud of myself. We've done this in sequential order for a long time, but I have my tab set up. There's NXT, we finish talking about it, close it right next is AEW Dynamite. Once we're done with that, I close it. Impact and now Rampage. Sorry, guys, I just love my organization. I did literally (laughs) the same thing, sir. This is why we work so well together. <laughs> this is why. Yes, it is. But we're going to talk about Dynamite now. You know, it was, it was odd, and it actually makes me wonder if they're going to try to film Rampage not far off from where they filmed Dynamite going forward. I know next week is in Chicago. I'm not sure where Dynamite is next week. I know Rampage is in Chicago. But hoping you know, maybe Rampage will be in Boston in October when I go to Dynamite. But anyways, um, that being said, we had two nights in Pittsburgh. First night... Um, for Dynamite, Trio's match kicking this off. Dante Martin and the Seidel brothers taking on the Elite. <sighs> Can we talk about Dante Martin for a minute? This kid coming out party mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Like, I knew he was good. But this man made me believe he was going to beat Kenny Omega in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can do that, you're sold for me, at least. Like, period. Yeah, no, his performance was unrivaled. It was so good. Um, 
the match was incredible. Don't get me wrong. Yes, it was, it was incredible. Yes. But Dante Martin was the star of the show. Even though the elite one, uh, this kid's going to get a push. I did like the fact that it took all three of them to put Dante down. What a way to keep somebody strong. Takes three people to take him out. Give him, give him that momentum. Absolutely. Uh, following that, we had uh, Darby Allen taking on Daniel Garcia. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. We can't stop there. Because, because we had a certain somebody come out right after this match. Ooh. Christian Cage That's right. came out and said, since he's number one contender, you know, you know, this and that, Tony's actually going to make him wrestle on Rampage, debut episode, which we'll be talking about shortly. And he will have to wrestle, you know, Kenny has to defend the impact in the TNA World Championships. And then next week on Dynamite, Jurassic Express gets their shot at the AEW tag titles. The fuse is set and ready to be lit. We'll be back on that. Follow me, Darby, taking on Daniel Garcia. I was telling you, I love Everize 2.0. They're really picking up steam, I felt like, in NXT, then they got released. And now we're watching him in AEW. I feel like we were just watching him yesterday in NXT. This really feels like, and I know we've seen people go from, you know, NXT, Raw, you know, WWE to AEW. But for some reason, these two guys showing up as quickly as they did almost really feels like one of those turns you would have seen, whether it be to right. WWE, WCW, WCW, WWE. It really feels like that with these guys. Yeah. I mean, it was the four weeks, but like you said, it didn't feel like it was that long. And the fact that they're already meshing so well, it just shows that they have so much potential and that it really saddens me that NXT wasn't able to do that. They might have been because if you remember before they were le- before they were released, they were on TV almost weekly. Yeah, they were doing uh, it was uh, stuff with Hit Row. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully, AEW is able to actually start to maximize on their potential. I know they're both young. So, I mean, I'm not really a huge fan of 2.0 being their tag team name, but, you know, whatever. I I get it. I find it interesting because they're originally 3.0 in the Indies. Oh, see, I did not know that. Yeah, I had to do dig. I'm like, where's the 2.0 come from? And I looked, and their original name was 3.0. And then with WWE, ever. I don't know why. Uh, you know what? Okay. I figured with AEW, they have a little more creative freedom in that retrospect. Right. Rather right. than this is what you're doing. Um, obviously, you've got to take some creative freedom away just to be able to be like, okay, this is what we're going to have you do. You know, this is what you're going to do. But also, this is our storylines for the next week. Right. Um, that being said, um, obviously, uh, Darby Allen defeated Garcia. Um, following that, we had another trios match. Scott, it's almost like they're hinting at trios titles. Um, I swear to God, they just need to do it. <laughs> best friends. Wheeler Yuta, Orange Cassidy, and Chuck Taylor. Wheeler Yuta has been on TV consistently. Yes. He's so good. Taking on Matt Hardy in Private Party. This was an incredible match, especially kicking off with Cassidy and Matt. Yes. That was great where he takes Matt's hand, he puts it in his pocket. And <laughs> it just... I forgot who was... Somebody... 
who was I talking to? I just thought he was too good. I'm like, no, Cassidy knows what he's doing. It's a little absurd, but he's a master of his craft. He can wrestle when he wants to. Yeah, he's gonna be like a narc. You know, you ha- yeah, you have to understand that. Yes, Orange Cassidy is a comedy wrestler, but when he needs to turn it on, like whoever said that to you, have them go watch him versus Pac, and then have him come back to you. Or him versus Jericho one, like Jericho. Yes. Like just he's had bangers. Yes, he, might be, he has, and he's he's set for life now. Yeah, and the fact that like even even on Rampage there was an interview going on, and it wasn't even best friends. He just standing in the background. Yeah, no, he's just there, and it's just, it's great. He's becoming to me, and you can argue this. He might become he's becoming the most recognizable character from AEW, who is an AEW original. I uh, yeah, I can definitely agree with that. But even even he could rival like Moxley, and Jericho. And Matt Hardy, like he, he's just like, you see him now and you're like, it's Cassidy. Yep. You just know he has, he has star power. He can main event. He, either way, this match was incredible. Everyone was great. Um, I love how it ended with Matt still, you know, the cocky on top kind of guy. Um, great, great. I love what Hardy's doing. Um, I love how he doesn't wrestle as often as he should. You know, again, this is that whole more of a mentor when he's working with these teams. I almost feel like this is his way of working with the private party to increase their tag team skills. Yep. Working with the with with them, with THQ, with with Butcher and the Blade. Yeah, they're all tag teams actually now. I think all tag teams, yeah. Hardy's the only one who's by himself until maybe, I don't know, Brother Nero decides to come over if that happens. Mm -hmm. Because then you'll definitely get a hardy run at one point before they both probably call it quits but hardy as uh, matt hardy is more of a mentor role is the perfect thing towards the twilight of his career it's perfect okay. he, he give all his wisdom the man's also making babies like it's not even you know it's running out of style uh, yeah so uh, i believe um his wife announced that they're now having their fifth child didn't he just have one they just had one oh my god oh, wow so yeah. So what you're saying, Scott, <laughs> is that there is a chance. <laughs> it's insanity. Like he's literally breeding his own football team, and I'm out. And I'm completely okay with it. His own promotion at this rate. Right. Right. Oh my God, it's the, uh, the Hardy family promotion. <laughs> so following that, which and this is a weird lineup here. Um, they wrestled, and Chris Statlander came out. And then Chris Statlander came out in Nyla Rose to take on Nyla Rose. I thought this was a little odd. That's like, okay, you're going to go back out, but then, like, immediately you're going to come back, you know, going to go in and come back out right after. It's like, right. I feel like you could have spaced it. it. That, again, that's a minor critique, but it felt a little weird. Yeah, no, I mean, it's true because Nyla came out, came out attacked Statlander while the match was happening, the trios match was happening. And ran her into the ring and then just kind of left. But like you said, yeah, they had one small backstage interview with Andrade and Chavo. And then they went right to that match. And I was like, wait, I thought I felt the same way. I figured that they should have at least done more segments in the back or something else before that match happened. Uh But this match gave me a very surprising ending. And I and I am very happy with it. Yeah, Statlander pinning Nyla Rose. Loved uh, it. 
uh, it's crazy because Chris Statlin was one of those I was kind of like iffy with when she, it wasn't like I wasn't into her. I was just like, okay. But I think she came out on her own. I think being with the best friends has helped. Yep. Um, and now she feels like one of the driving forces in the women's division. She really does. It's unfortunate that we lost her for a year to injury. And, but now ever since she's come back, I believe she's undefeated since she's come back. Uh, and so. beating Nyla is a huge, huge thing. Uh, you know, a huge, uh, um, I can't think of the word, but it's a huge accomplishment. Um, so at this point, I feel like possibly the next challenger for Brit's title. And if you remember correctly, before she was injured, she had a little feud with, you know, uh, Penelope Ford. But I believe, I could be wrong here, that she was uh, doing some barking with Miss Baker as well. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually, you bring it up. So she's actually number two. The ranking stands as follows. Okay. Um, five to one. Hikaru Shida, 11 to one. Ty Conti, 21 to three. Red Velvet, 15 to two. Chris Statler, you're 12 and 0, like you said, undefeated. Okay. And number one, Thunder Rosa with 22 and two. Yeah, we all know that's coming. Thunder yeah. Rosa versus Britt Baker. It's, it's coming. And when that happens, that has, that has full gear written all over it. I don't yeah, think they save that until like double or nothing. Yeah. Or, revolu- or well, what's the what's their fourth pay per view that they have? Revolution. Thank you. Um, I think that's a full gear. I can see that, especially if you want to keep the title on Brit for a bit. Right. Um, if anyone was going to defeat her, I think Thunder Rosa would. Right. So that being said, um, we actually had Brit in that promo, um, where Red Velvet came out and attacked her. Man, let me tell you. And we were talking about this thing in our, in our group chat where she has star power, but especially now she was in Pittsburgh. Yes. The place was on fire. My God. My God. It's um, I love how they called it Blitzburg and it, it, it fit. It fits so well. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> I just went insane. Like both nights. I, I know we'll talk about Rampage in a little bit, but it's just insane. The pop that she got at home. It's Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So, following that, we had the Impact title, tag team titles on the line between the Good Brothers and the Dark Order. It's a pretty good bout. Mm. Uh, it was decent. Um, obviously, we had the Good Brothers retain. I figured that mu- as much because, I mean, they have resurgence next week. They have a triple threat against Willie Mack, Rich Swan. And violent by design. So this was kind of expected, but it was still good nonetheless. Always good to see the Dark Order, especially Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. I feel like we see more of uh, Alex Reynolds and John Silver than anything. Yeah, I mean, when when Dark Order first debuted, it was just, well, I mean, the big big names were Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. And they're still a fantastic tag team. And I want to see more of them together, Um, especially Evil Evil Uno. I really... I don't know what it is about his style, but it's just, I, I don't know. I just like the whole, the whole package that he just brings you. Um, his Twitter game also is amazing, by the way. Yes, I, every time I see a tweet, I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, it's so, 
So I think one of my favorite moments of the night happened next, where uh, Tony Schiavone was talking to QT Marshall, and um, his whole the factory came out, and they grabbed Tony Schiavone's son, and they I forgot what the hell Nick Camarado did. No, Marshall dropped him with a diamond cutter. Yes. I was like, okay, that's a little weird that we're getting Shivani involved and his son. But then we saw something I wasn't expecting to see for a little bit. I didn't either, yeah. When Paul White started walking down the aisle. And keep in mind, everyone, he's only been commentating on Dark. In Dark Elevation, I believe. At least Dark Elevation. Yeah. But he had this look in his eye, and I'm like... We're going to get Paul White in a ring very soon. Yep. Whether it be against QT or Nick Camarado. Imagine that. That would be a brawl. Um, just... But I also, I also appreciate the fact that QT just continues to feed Aaron Solo to whoever's coming. Mm-hmm. Beautiful choke slam from, from Paul White. I keep wanting to call him Big Show, but we can't. <laughs> Can't call him the giant. Yeah, he'll, no, that's yeah. true. Call him the giant. That's true. That's true. Uh, so we have the main event, which is the fourth labor of Jericho. This was actually a really good match. Yeah, it was. Really good match. Yo, again, Wardlow is a very underrated. He he, and I think I've said this before. He's like has that ruthless aggression era feel. Like when he first saw Batista, when he first saw John Cena, when he first saw Randy Orton, the big guys who came out with like we had the attitude era. We're going to be ruthless about everything. Yep. And he, it just showed he has, he, I, I think he has star power. Um, that's not tapped yet. Yeah. Um, once he finally breaks away from MJF, uh, I can definitely see Wardlow just skyrocketing to the top of the card. He could almost be, and shoot me, shoot me dead if, you know, you, you disagree. You could almost, he could almost be like their Triple H potentially. Imagine him with that title. Again, he doesn't have the mic skills yet. I mean, Triple H... I'm talking, like, when Triple H was, like... 2003, 2004, 2005. Mm. So, right, right now, he's the blue blood. He's Hunter Hearst Helmsley right now. He's on his way. Yeah. I think he can skip the Generation X era, Triple H. Not that that was bad, but I think his character doesn't need that. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's that's his thing anyways. He's literally just, I'm going to punch you in the face and you're just going to like it. That's just how it's going to go. But yeah, I just think, you know, I think he has that potential of being that kind of a threat and being that kind of, just, I don't know. There's something about him that I'm just waiting to pop and explode. Um, But this was interesting the way this match ended because, you know, I thought he was going to actually win. I thought he was going to win when MJF came in to give him the ring. And of course we had lovely ref aubrey kick mjf out of that out of the arena for that mjf's face when he knew he got caught was absolutely priceless <laughs> I, I as much as people like to crap on mjf as like a heel he has some of the most brilliant facial features and just the man truly has it all. Like he will literally run this company at some point. And it's just simple, Sam. He's better than us and we know, we know it. it. <laughs> yeah. 
But oh my God, will his promos as AEW Heavyweight Champion uh, will be the most obnoxious things I've ever heard, and I will love every goddamn minute of it. <laughs> He's gonna be. It'll be incredible when he does. Um, but yeah, no. In the midst of all that, freaking <laughs> Jericho comes with the, with Floyd, clocks him, and dr- like. He's supposed to be the face. Of, well, I don't know if face is the word for the inner circle, but like the star, like you just Floyd, boom, one, two, three. This is good. This is good. And it got me more pumped because we had, um, we had Rampage happen on Friday, but let's talk about impact first. Before we get to that though, yeah, we're going to talk about the fifth labor of Jericho. I know he's wrestling MJF, unless I missed a... He is wrestling MJF, but the caveat here is that Jericho is not allowed to use the Judas effect, nor can he have the Judas theme song on the way to the ring. So, Houston, who gets Dynamite next week, y'all better sing that damn theme song the whole time he's on his way to the ring. Do not yeah. fail me. Do not fail me. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I'm honestly surprised though that this fifth labor is happening now and not at all out. Yeah, I'm surprised there's a lot of things that have happened here and not at all out. Unless there's some way where maybe Jericho wins, but MJF is completely furious or thinks that he cheats, and then maybe it's a career versus something match at All Out. I would be okay with that. Yep, nope. Long-term booking. Long-term booking. That's the way I've looked at it. We'll see what happens. Um, But we had Impact on Thursday, per usual, kicking it off. We had Tennille Dashwood taking on Taylor Wilde with uh, Dashwood defeating... Uh, Taylor, um, Madison Rain came out and helped Dashwood get this win, which I thought she retired, but I have she questions. Did. I have questions on what we're going to be doing here. Uh, following that, we had a really solid bout. Josh Alexander taking on Davari. Um, if Davari won, I think it would have been, you know, they would have put him in the title picture for the X Division title. But Alexander won. This was a good, this is just a good fun match. Good old, you know, just brawl. Josh Alexander really starting to feel like the face of the company. Right. In regard, you know, he has the belt. And he's like, yeah, well, we're going to make this feel like this is the title since somebody else won't get rid of his title. Um, and he's done a good job at that. Absolutely. Um, following that, we had, you know, you know, Kira Hogan, you know, came out, called out, you know, Tasha Steele. Instead, we got Sue Young and Kimberly come and drag her into the back. Uh-oh. Now, I know this was before your time on Impact, mm-hmm. but Kira Hogan has some history with Sue Young. Interesting. So now, since she's turned Kimberly into an undead bride, I would assume... They do the same thing to Kara. This could be real fun to watch, and I'm sad that I can't anymore. 
I can give you access to my Sling account. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, it's Impact's doing fun stuff. They are. We love they to are. see it. Um, following that, we had Finjuice taking on Jay White and Chris Bay. Bullet Club, it's weird to say that. We have a member of the Bullet Club in Impact. Um, with Finjuice actually winning against uh, Chris Bay and Jay White via disqualification. Um, I believe it was with a chair that he, um, you know, White used a chair on Finley because by the time this paper, by the time the show comes out, NJPW resurgence will have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will probably have talks about what's going to happen because they're wrestling for the never Point championship. I'm going to try to check that out. Um, if not, we'll, you know, catch up on the, what do they call them? Uh, notes, thumb notes, stickies. You get what I'm talking about. Following that, we had Matt Cardona taking on John Schuyler. Um, this was, this was a lot of fun. Um, you're like, okay, squash match. But Skyler pinned Cardona because Rohit Raju and Shira came out. Mm. So I think we've just had another feud uh, erupt. Curious to see what's going to happen there because Matt Cardona is on fire right now. Absolutely. Last but not least, we have the number one contenders, Battle Royale. Participants being Eddie Edwards, Brian Meyer, Sam Beal, Sammy Callahan, Moose, Ace Awesome, Madman Fulton, Falaba, uh, Chris Sabin, No Way, W. Morrissey, Rhino, Dina, Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Suicide, Johnny Swinger, Hernandez, and Petey Williams. My pick for this was going to be either W. Morrissey or Sammy Callahan again. Okay. Um, so this is going on. Um, I'm trying to remember how this ended because there were two wrestlers left who threw somebody. No, there was four. And Brian Myers played possum in the ring, laid there for probably a good few minutes. And I believe it was... Sabin and Moose left. And they were near the rope and they were wrestling. Brian Myers books it, clotheslines them both over the top rope to become the number one contender. Jesus Christ. I was I was like, there's no way they're pulling the trigger on this. This was a good episode of Impact, and I would want to talk about it a little more. But I want to focus. I'm going to focus on this match going into the first episode of Rampage, because the top contender, who is Brian Myers, is supposed to wrestle Kenny Omega, right? Correct. You're wrong, sir. Let's kick off AW Rampage. It was, you know, I'll tell you right now. This is one of those things, and I think I said this when I started watching NXT. It was just enough wrestling for me to want more. Yeah. Just enough for me to want more, but just not not too much where I was like, oh, I'm sick of watching this. Rampage felt like that. And they booked it with bangers, as they should, because it's the first night. It's on a Friday. Now, I will not be surprised if they book matches, like, I don't say better, but, like, matches that will bring in more people because, again, it's a Friday. If you're in high school or college, you're going out. Or if you like me who socializes, you like to be out on Friday. You don't want to be cooped up in your house 10 p.m. watching wrestling. 
But this is good though for the bars. Have it on at the bars. If you're out at the bar, you can watch it. Even at restaurants, this could be interesting. As long as they continue to put on high quality matches. Now we can't expect three title matches every single week because honestly, that's what impact your pay per views are for. But these need like they talk about like rampages where things get settled. You want to put like end of feuds that are not going to the pay-per-view put them on rampage and i believe you'll do well this also having it be right directly after smackdown is a smart move because people be already in front of the boob tube watching tv makes uh, that's that's good that's good but i want to point out and i know people have their concerns about it becoming like thunder um <laughs> I don't think it will. I actually felt like this was more like watching Saturday Night's main event. Yeah. Because it was like we had these three big matches that were going to happen. There wasn't a lot. I, I mean, I can't tell you. I remember the, when they said in, I think, 2004, 2005, we're bringing back Saturday Night's main event. And then we're going to do it very seldom. Yeah. I remember the first couple times, like the first night, me and my brothers were sitting in front of the TV. We're going to watch wrestling on Saturday night. You know, it was like cool. It was just like, it was on NBC, I think, too. So it was a big yep. deal. That was a big yep. deal about Saturday Night's main event. It was on one of the big three news sta- you know, stations out there. Yep. Granted, this is on TNT, but this felt like, dude, this is this is big. You know, we're, we're watching rat- this is exciting. So we're gonna kick it off. Kenny Omega and Christian Cage for the impact title. Kick this off. You want to talk about a match that felt as big. <sighs> Just go to main event at a pay-per-view. This it, it, I forgot when this match ended that they still have to wrestle at All Out. Yep. This match was so good. Again, like I've, I've said it before, I wasn't crazy about Christian years ago. I never had Raw, AEW. He feel, feels like the big thing. This match, the chemistry these two had, I felt like I turned on like one of the WrestleManias from like the early 2000s. Right. It was just, I was like, dude, this is exciting. I was just... These two were so good back and forth, back and forth. But it ended. It ended. I didn't think it would happen. No, I didn't either. The, the, the great thing about this whole match is that I was like 80-20 thinking Kenny was going to retain by some shenanigan. When the Bucks came out, with the chair, I was like, all right, here it is. This is how Kenny's going to retain because this is how he has retained all of his, pretty much all of his title matches. And then to have Christian be smart enough to turn it against Kenny, drop the unprettier Kenny's face onto the chair while the chair is like out and set up like you would sit in it. And the pin, like when they hit the three count, I felt like, and I know people are going to be like, what? But this honestly felt like Lesnar beating Taker at WrestleMania 30. Like, I did not ever expect anybody to beat him so far. Like, we wanted it for so long. And then someone does it. And it's like, what? And, like, I think if I remember correctly, the crowd at first was a little stunned. And then they were like, oh, wait, boom, and then they exploded. Uh, also, props to our friend and new co-worker, Zach, for getting tickets to Rampage. The man was like Four six rows. or seven rows 
on TV side, so we get to stare at his face the entire the entire show and be a little bit jealous. <laughs> and he 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 sends us an awesome photo afterwards. Oh my god! Incredible, looked incredible. But we um, this match was just again like he won, and then I realized they still got to wrestle it all out. I know for the yeah. AEW championship. Oh man, I don't think he's going to lose it to Christian. I don't think that. However, at the time of this recording, he's still AAA champion. Triple Mania 29 uh, is happening tonight. So by the time this drops, Kenny may have actually lose that title. And I think you and I, Scott, are pretty much on the boat. He's losing that. He's going to. Yeah. He's going to. We've been been talking about the demise of Omega for a little while now. And on Rampage, I, I truly believe was that first domino to fall. Now I feel like he's going to lose the Triple A championship to Andrade, and then he will do everything in his power to hold on to that AEW championship as hard as he can. And I feel like the match at All Out is going to dwarf this amazing match that we saw on Rampage. Yeah, yeah, this will be... This was a main, like I said, this was a main event quality match for a pay-per-view, and this was the opening matchup on Rampage. This potentially could imagine. Be, this could be a top ten contender of the year match. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree, hundred percent. And just the way, like I know Callis joked about it, but the way Christian is a, a ring general, a, a, and obviously Kenny is as well. Like I can just, um, I would love to be a fly on the wall, just listening to the two of them map out their match. Yeah, it's just, it's just you're watching. I know they say uh, this. Gets you. This gets used in very important moments in wrestling history. Obviously, Flair and Steamboat, uh, Omega Okada, um, a lot of you know Bret Hart and Owen Hart's matches, or anything Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. You know, this was a clinic. Yeah. This was a clinic for the younger talent and for fans of wrestling. Yeah. This was incredible. This was. Uh, I'm shocked. And again, I want to go back to Impact quickly. And again, this is me fantasy booking quickly. Kenny Omega has been defeated. Yep. By one of the greats. Christian Cage has to now defend that title next week. At emergence. Well, this week at emergence. It would not surprise me with the way that win happened at the Battle Royale. That Brian Myers takes that belt right off of Christian. Oh my God! Because because a first of all, he's a sleazy heel. Second of all, Christian is a signed AEW talent. True. And I think not that I don't I don't want to say it's not beneficial to have him as champion. I think it was beneficial for him to take the title off of Kenny. Yes, because Christian Cage has TNA background. He was a former two-time TNA Heavyweight Champion. So he's had title shots. Now he's, you know, a one-time Impact champion. But imagine the bragging rights that Brian Myers could have. He would I'm be the, insufferable. I'm the guy who defeated the guy who took the belt off of Kenny Omega. Insufferable. And I... I almost want it. Now that you said that, I want it too. God damn it. I love heel champions. They're great. They suck, but they're great. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> I think that's I think that's the best way. I think this is gonna go. 
Now, could be wrong. Christian Cage could be, you know, again, Forbidden Door's going on. He could have the title for we get him versus Sammy Callahan, him versus Josh Alexander. You know, we could have some really good bouts. But I think this might be the this would be my favorite route to go. And probably the best route, the smartest route. Definitely be interesting. Because now the belt is back in impact, but it's by somebody who's like a lunatic. And it's it's almost like when you get like somebody like, okay, the French Revolution happened. Everyone's in disarray. You took off the you know, you took off the king's head, you know, there's no government. And then Napoleon Bonaparte comes into power. Can't really stop him. Who's gonna take out him? Especially when he plays chicken a lot. And he has Sam Beal there to help him distract. I, I, this. It fits. I, I hate it, but it fits. <laughs> well, speaking of things that fit and good, you know, feel good moments. So Miro defended the TNT title against Fuego del Sol. Now, um, Fuego del Sol is one of Sammy uh, Guevara's best friends. He's on Being the Elite. He's on Sammy Guevara's vlog. He's a big part of Dark. And I believe Dark Elevation. So he's very over. His record is like, like one in fifty. One in, like, what did he say? Like one in fifty or something like that. Yeah. It's just, uh, <laughs> but the man is the master of the tornado DDT. He. It was cool how he came out swinging. Yes. Came out swinging, and for a moment again, I thought another title change was going to happen. But like that, I take off Mara so quick. But he. That's the brilliant thing. Mm-hmm. For most of this match. I mm-hmm. honestly had a feeling. I was like, oh, my God, are they going to really drop this title on Fuego as well? Because obviously the caveat was if Fuego won the championship, he would then get a AEW contract because he still was wrestling without a contract. He was just there wrestling. And the crowds loved him. Um, but, yeah, he comes in and drops, like, what, three Tornado DDTs on, on Miro? Like, mm-hmm. the, after the first one, he goes for the pin. The ref, like, tackles him because the match hadn't officially started yet. I was like, no! Yeah, no, it was it, it was funny. I was trying to explain this to my friend I was watching it with last night. And I said, yeah, uh, and it's not to knock him, but I go, yeah, for somebody who's, this is the way to showcase somebody who's kind of like a nobody on television. He goes, well, he's not a nobody. My buddy goes, he's not a nobody. I go, yeah, to the crowds who go and who see him, and of course he's not a nobody. But to people who are just, I don't want to say the word wrestling fan, the casual viewer, yeah. who's not going to go on YouTube, he's a nobody. If right. you're not watching, if you're watching only what's on TV, and you're not watching Dark, you're not watching Elevation, you're not going to shows, you're a casual viewer. Not like you and I, who you know, suck the life out of everything wrestling related in the world to keep up with everything. So and We still miss things. Mm-hmm. So looking at this, I'm like, he's he's kind of like a nobody, and he's being able to showcase. And honestly, the crowd, look, he's over with the crowd. He's really talented. And I'm like, there's no way he's not getting it, to, you know. Rob, it was funny. My like my friend Rob was like, oh, maybe maybe the joke is he's going to lose, but he's actually already signed. And I go, well, that could be, that'd be funny. You know, he just never gets a contract, but he has it. But in this day and age where th- how things have been with just the releases, I think that'd almost be cruel to do. Almost like mocking this talent. Oh, you can get a get a cut. Oh, no, you can't. Nope, released. You know, I think that'd be a little cruel. But I had a feeling he was. You know, there was a feeling telling me Miro's retaining and he's still getting a he's still getting that contract. Especially with Tony Khan coming out. When that happened, I'm like, there it is. 
And you could tell his, like, <laughs> I know he had a mask on, but, like, you could tell the moment Sammy walked into that ring with that clipboard, his face, he was just, <laughs> you could feel it. Yeah. It's like everybody knew it was coming. We were just waiting for the verbal confirmation of it. Um, like, you could see, like, Fuego's face, like, the whole time when Sammy's just talking. Like, he was on the verge of breaking down. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I also like the fact that during the match that he had with Miro, he, like, he was dominating, like, the first, like, I don't know, five, ten minutes of it. And then Miro, like, turned on a switch, and the match was over in within a minute. <laughs> and how he folded Fuego up in, like, a chair. <laughs> yep. No, he did. It was just, like, like the moment he went back, and he, yep, no, that's it. He's done. Yep. Instant tap out. The Redeemer good. retains. It was oh, good. My God. Um, but we did have a solid main event. Britt Baker taking on Red Velvet for the women's title. This was good. Red Velvet looks great. Incredible. She's, again, one of the driving ladies in that division. And Britt, well, Britt's Britt. Not much you can say there. The ending with the lock, again, this was another moment where I was so, I'm like, she's going to make her tap out by her. This was so close. This was so close. I'm like, they're really going to drop this belt, too. Like, I was so convinced. Like, really want to piss off Pittsburgh. It's like, you can't, you can't, you can't win, beat, beat Cleveland in the playoffs, nor <laughs> can your own champion win at home. Like, but she retained with the help of hooded, hooded figure who definitely a little, uh, little off. There were little flubs. Also want to point out the Jericho one where he said WWE on TV. Um, and then they 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 mention Christian's WWE you know championships during his entrance when they talk about uh, how many titles he's won. I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, I don't think he'll get reprimand. It's going to happen. It's uh, Jericho. It's, it is what it is. Um, I mean, Impact references WWE all the time, too, so I'm pretty sure they're not going to do anything. Uh, but it was just kind of like a, oh, oh, wait a minute moment type of thing. Yeah. Um, I, 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 going back to the women's match for a minute, uh, was it just me, or did Red Velvet take being booed really well? Yes, she did. Like, she smirked at the crowd, and, like, she just had this, oh, you want to boo me? All right, let me keep doing things to your favorite and get more boos, and it worked. Well, that's the thing when you're uh, when you're, you know, your hometown, you know, it it didn't matter whether she was a face or a heel. Britt right. Baker was getting cheered, oh, yeah. and I think that's part of the that's part of the thing of being one of these performers. Where if you are the face, you're not gonna. There are places you're not gonna get, especially when you're in a hometown. Right. Had we seen? I was at Hell in a Cell when it was Charlotte Flair taking on Sasha Banks for the women's title, and Sasha was the fan fit. No, she was the face. Had she been a heel? Wouldn't have mattered. Didn't matter. She would have gotten cheered. So, um, no, I gave her props because I saw something. I think Charlotte Flair at Money in the Bank. I didn't know this, but when she was wrestling Rhea Ripley, Rhea Ripley was getting cheered. Charlotte Flair was getting booty. Just flipped the whole crowd off. Yeah. Um, but no, she did take do a good job. She did wrestle really well. Obviously, Britt retained. With the help of a hooded figure, and this is kind of always getting back with commentary, I don't know if anyone was aware this was happening. I, if I remember correctly, I believe that they don't really tell commentary who's showing up 
so that it's a legitimate surprise. But the problem was Excalibur is normally really good to catch on who the people are, and he gives an immediate explanation. But this time, nothing. Like, you and I, we both agreed on this. When she came out, and this is Jamie Hayter we're talking about, when she first came out and, you know, pulled down the hood, like, we haven't seen her in two years in AEW. Both Sam and I thought it was Becky Lynch. And we were like, oh, my God, this is the biggest thing in the entire world. What happened? And then we're like, wait, no, that's not Becky. <laughs> yeah, no, I just looked and with her hair, tie, because that's what she looked like with her hair tied back. She almost had the same, like, mascara and eyeliner going on. I was like. Yep. But then, they, you know, you can hear more, it's Jamie Hayter. And I'm like, Jamie Hayter, Jamie Hayter. And I had to quickly look. I'm like, oh, OK. I vaguely remember when she wrestled. But they get a little again. It's it's part of the reason. I also think there was four commentators. That's one too many. Again, all of them are great. This isn't to not the team itself. It's the number. I yeah. solely and I was saying this last night. There should be two, only two. You bring in the guest every so often. That's fine. I can I can I can I can get away with three. Um, Jericho, I think is it, it has announcer future like. For a long time. Taz is really good. Obviously, you have Excalibur. The odd man out, unfortunately, at least for me, the disconnect was Mark Henry. Um, he just, I don't know, I, I feel like he was trying to search for times to talk. And even his backstage stuff, it was it was a little off, but, you know, but how was, it's stuff he, he can work on. Yeah, how but, was Paul Wait the first couple times he was? Because the first couple times I heard him, I'm like, okay, he's, it's cool to hear him. Definitely could use some work. Yeah. And they're gonna mold. They're gonna they're gonna work with them. They're not gonna sit there. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I th- uh, two would be good. But if you have Taz, Jericho, and Excalibur, I think that would be a really good team. But it also sounds like they're not gonna have all of them. Like obviously, Jericho's gonna have his own matches, and obviously, Taz is gonna have Team Taz shit to do. So I would almost argue you should keep it as Excalibur and Mark Henry. Yeah, have Mark Henry be the color commentator. With Excalibur yeah. doing the play-by-play, yeah. Excalibur, I'll tell you right now, he's a good lead. He's a good lead. Absolutely. Um, it's good that he's worked with Tony and um, Jr. Getting that experience in, but I think he, that aside, I think once they go, I mean, Excalibur's name is gonna, you know, it's gonna be. Oh, yeah, they got him. Know who they could use? Who would be? Okay, there are three people I think who do incredible, incredible. Solo commentary. One, Enric Abanya, Ring of Honor. I love him. He knows how to. He knows how to call a match. He's full of energy. He just, I can listen to him in my sleep. Number two, would be the legend, the one who made it possible, Joey Styles. Yes. Okay. I was hoping. I was so. If like, if you did not say Joey Styles' name, I was gonna be like, Sam. But I think he's kind of stepped back from that. Yes. Um, I don't even know if he's doing... I don't even think he works for WWE anymore. No, he doesn't. I think he stepped back from the business entirely. I could be wrong. But he would be my number one choice if I was to, if I was to pick one commentator only to mm. do solo. But somebody else who is in the business of doing so, who I think would be perfect, Mauro Ronaldo. Oh. No. Imagine we have him calling matches on Rampage. 
Oh my! It was incredible watching him call the uh, the the Kenny match. Yes, uh, Kenny and, and Rick Swan. Yeah, that was. Ugh. It was just. It brought me back. Um, he was amazing with NXT. Like, and even the time frame of that NXT was just the peak of wrestling at the time. And just to have Morrow there, be able to call everything, and his excitement made me excited even more than I already was for the matches. And just he just knows how to call action. I know he does stuff with with Showtime and boxing, and that's all good and fine. But I'm not a boxing person, so I'm not going to watch it. And I don't have Showtime either, so that's neither here nor there. It just I miss I miss him as a commentator. And yes, if you bring him in for Rampage, you bring him in maybe for Dynamite. Or like even like a special, you know, for like a big pay per view, I think that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, no, it needs to happen. It. Yeah, we could talk about him all day, but um, the commentary team could use use some work. I get it was the first episode, very special. Right. Um. I I just. I don't know. There was something about this. This. This delivered. Yes, absolutely. Now, I think again we talked. We were talking about ratings earlier. I am not going to be upset with whatever the show gets because keep in mind this is a Friday night. Right. So, they- I would think for a debut and having three title matches, I would not be surprised if this pulled seven fifty to eight hundred k. Mm-hmm. That's just a that's just a guess, and that may even be conservative, because it was you know the first match, being the first match, what it was, and but yeah, that's 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 my that's my uh, my my thoughts. So I'll, I'll keep an eye. Uh, of course, by the time this drops, they'll already have released it, but as of us recording right now, the ratings haven't come out. So yeah, but I don't care. This is this was this was exciting. This was a moment in history. Um, I'm flabbergasted the word. I think that's the word. I don't think I let me. I was just. It was so. Yeah, that's it. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> it was done so well. This delivered, and I'm hoping it continues to deliver like that. Agreed. But again, summer slims around the corner. Takeovers around the corner. And then the steamrolling monster that is AEW has a few big shows. Next Friday, Scott and I have been back and forth with how we're recording this go-home show. Next Friday is the the first dance. We weren't going to live tweet. But seeing that, you know, in this promo on Rampage, we talked about, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the only place where the best in the world perform. Here comes the money. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, if they troll us so hard, like if they play his music and somebody else walks out, watch it be like MJF. That'd be the greatest thing in the entire world. There's going to be something happening at this show. There has to be. They're selling out the Allstate Arena. Yeah, you better. And even if it's not seeing, I mean, okay, I'm going to throw a hypothetical out there. Hypothetical. Because I like hypothetical, Scott. It's not CM Punk. Let's say it's not CM Punk. Let's say hypothetically, with everything that's been going on, 
in the world of world wrestling entertainment. Imagine if, you know, whatever goes dark, goes what? No music. Well, not gonna, nobody has music here yet. But all of a sudden, you see a big man, big suit, kind of like a, almost a buzz down head, a nice beard coming out. Would people react any less if Paul Levesque walked out onto an AEW stage? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm not talking about, oh, WWE's buying AEW. I'm just talking about, say, you know, shit hit the fan. You know, he's, like, low-key, which you can't at that high up. You know, Nobody's not going to know you've left the company. But hypothetically, I'm saying, what if he showed up? There's not going to be any less of a response than CM Punk. No. But, I mean... Potentially, yeah. The the I think what might happen is that since AEW is such the anti WWE crowd, like honestly, the majority of their fans are. If you have a figurehead like Triple H show up on an AEW show, they're instantly going to get last episode of Nitro vibes immediately. Yeah, no, I they're going to think that WWE bought them, and that who knows what's going to happen. And, you know, it's just that's that's just how I feel if they don't talk about Triple H leaving the company. If they do, then all bets are off. But if that's the case, I think Triple H at that point might just take his money and just go home. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think my thought process comes from and AEW's actually been really good with delivering on their their Easter eggs or not like in terms of, I don't want to say not delivering, but like. I can't think of a time where they've hinted at something that was positive and then it just dropped. Right. Because I remember, we'll go back to the Dark Order. Initially, it sounded like the original leader of the Dark Order was going to be Marty Skrull. Prior to the Me Too ousting of the, the industry. Yep. Um, WWE, I know, is known for, like, we're going to tease something and then we're going to give you something that you don't want. Right. Yeah. So... I'm thinking from that retrospect, so, I mean, if they're teasing this, like this, it's almost certain it's going to be Kim. Or Shane McMahon, because he's also known as the best in the world. So, again, we'll not be mad, but we will be live-tweeting the first dance next week. Once SummerSlam takeover is done, get ready to go right into All Out. And then the, st- the stadium show, and now, oh my, Scott, which the steamroller does not end. No. No, it does not. And neither do we, Sam. Neither do we. If you don't already do so, please remember to follow us on Twitter at media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. Actually, have we switched over to Above the Ring yet, or is that uh, this week? That will be done by the time SummerSlam shows up. So keep an eye out. We will be above the ring. We will make notice of it. We will be posting it everywhere, and you better share with it to your friends. We are on all streaming platforms. Uh, if there's one where you cannot find us on, please let us know. We'll make sure we get ourselves on there, on your streaming platform and your mobile device or your computer. I don't know why I said that. That just sounded professional. Um, please make sure you like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Tell people why Edla Media Above the Ring and Ship It Studios is the podcast of your choosing and why you guys should listen to us as well. Rampage, come and gone. Shooting to the moon. We're taking that SpaceX rocket up, guys. And we're not done. Next week, go home show. Thank you for listening. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam.
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.